Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Guys of Minnesota sports flowing in their veins. Mackie and Judd on Score North and ScoreNorth.com. And welcome in to the Mackie and Judd movie review franchise. Movie reviews with Mackie and Judd. If you haven't already, we we put all of the movie reviews we've been doing since 2020. So we've been doing these for like three, three and a half years. And we put them all in a podcast feed for the first time. So if you want to binge listen. A lot of people are asking about, like, hey, you should do this movie, that movie, and we've we've done some of them before. Movie reviews with Mackie and Judd, Apple, Spotify, scorenorth.com, and the app. And while you're there, if you could give us a five-star rating and a positive review, then uh, there we go. There's a new that, function on our on our back end. That oh, it loops? It, it loops if I don't check <laughs> the box. That's different now, so make we'll sure you there. check that box so we don't get interrupted with this. Mighty Ducks 2 movie review that we're about to do. So we've got Action Movie Rewind, Rom-Com Rewind, and we've got Sports Movie Rewind, which is where the wheel has landed. 1994, Mighty Ducks 2. Have you guys seen this movie before? Oh, yeah. This was a regular rental for me at Blockbuster. Me too, as a kid. Regular. Yeah. No. Judd, this is your this is your first time? Yes. Wow, and as a man who loves international hockey and junior hockey, this is going to be great. So here's the summary of D2. An international competition for junior league hockey teams is being held in Los Angeles. Oh, here we go. Like Coach. Oh, he's got it on. Let's go. Let's go. Look at this guy. Quack. <laughs> Love it. Quack. 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 He's got the Mighty Ducks great, 90s jersey on. I love this. They brought these back, too. The Ducks are bringing these ones yeah. back for this season, actually. So they're it's a very nice one. It's big, but it's... uh. Good jersey. They are? That's so great, man. What mm-hmm. a brilliant marketing play. Seriously, though. Disney. And they unveil the jerseys at the end of the movie, too, and just like, it's like oh, right yeah. in line with the new hockey team coming out. Just freaking brilliant. Gordon Bombay, Coach Gordon Bombay, is picked to lead Team USA as he reunites the Mighty Ducks, the teen misfits he once coached to victory. This time, crass sports promoter Tibbles 
tempts the Ducks to cash in on their fame in lieu of practicing, but the team eventually gets back into training and takes on Iceland and their violence-prone coach, Wolf the Dentist Stanson. The Dentist. This movie was only a 21% rating on Rotten Tomatoes. There was no critics' consensus. We don't know what the budget was, but it did generate $46 million at the box office, starring Emilio Estevez, Joshua Jackson, Keenan Thompson, a young Keenan Thompson. Knuckle puck. But I think this is before his Nickelodeon fame and certainly before his, like, 20-year run on SNL. And then some other, like, kid stars, that like Benny the Jet Rodriguez from The Sandlot was the fast skater guy in this movie. So with that, we'll send it over to Judd here. Well, we go through the room here and give our statements on these movies. So what's your first statement about Mighty Ducks 2, Judd? This film, of all the films we've done, and I'm talking all genres, might be the laziest and biggest cash grab that I have ever seen (laughs) from everybody. What? It is. So this film, in fact, I looked up the timing here. This film uh, debuted on March uh, the 25th of 1994. The Ducks first season, and at that time it was the Mighty Ducks of Anaheim, was 93-94. Disney, which by the way, is the entity that stopped Norm Green from moving the North Stars to Anaheim because they're like, we can cash in on this. Disney basically said, come up with a sequel. We don't care. Emilio (laughs) Estevez said, I'll play the coach if you pay me X amount. Everybody had their hands out. And there is no point to this film. The first film was cute. What do you mean there's no point? They're they're trying to win. It's the Goodwill Games. This film was nothing more than a reprint of the first film, not as good. I mean, it's I awful. Never. It is awful. As an as a guy that was an adult when it came out, and now was old and cranky. Th- I love hockey. This film was terrible. I mean, how how uh, I almost cried like three times toward the end of this movie. Okay, this I is like an emotional roller coaster. Was, I thought the first one was cute, and I liked it. And this one, zero effort. Oh, I can't believe this. What a what a ridiculous Cash hot take. Grab. Well, and like, like to, to Dex's point, that jersey, it worked. It totally worked. Good jersey. Cash All right. grab. All right. Okay. All right, Dex. Well, Paul, Paul Korea, I think, was the first like star from that era, right? Wasn't he? Timu? Like, like, uh, Timu got yeah, traded from the yeah. Jets. Korea, uh, Paul, was Paul Korea, he was drafted by the Ducks. Wasn't I think he yes. was, yeah, like the Korea original. Korea was like, like the first line. one, but I believe Timu got traded there early yeah. on and also dominated. Um, yeah, those are the kind of first two guys I think of when yeah. I think of it. All right, so I'm gonna go down this well, and this probably have you guys. First off, have you seen Mighty Ducks three? Judd probably hasn't. Yeah, no they're problem. like at Eden Hall Academy or something, yes. right? Yeah. All right, so I, I'm gonna say something here that I think every Mighty Ducks fan knows, and it should have been a thing at the beginning of this movie because it's clearly there is a mismatch at a position. Julie the cat is. By by far the better goaltender for this team. (laughs) Goldberg, they treat, okay, Goldberg is clearly Devin Dubnik. All right, Goldberg, they just rely on Goldberg. He's out of shape, too. Like, dude, like, he's a slob. Julie the Cat is Marty Brodeur just sitting on the bench. Yep. Okay, she is the better goaltender. It's not even close. They only bring her in for the shootout save. She goes in there and says, hey, coach, I flew all the way out here from Maine. I left my national team. 
I got the glove. You saw it in practice. I have, I'm the better goaltender. Oh, I can't, I can't pull Dubnik. Yes, you can coach Bombay. Julie, the cat is far and away the better goaltender. And it's a shame. She is not used until the last shot in the shootout. But can I say much like Declan's Greg Joseph didn't cost the Vikings any games take from last year. Therefore they don't have a kicking problem. I don't think Goldberg cost them anything in the he tournament. He let in seven goals in the Dude, first they time they played 14 Iceland. to one, right? Yes. Or 12, 12 to one, 12 to one. I don't What's think. The I don't, denominator there. So you're saying they win that 12 game one nothing? 12 to I one, right? I say it's a lot better. It's Joe, a lot were you keeping score of that game? 12 to one. 12 okay. to one. I've got score one, down right here. They I'm saying they Goldberg lose that in. first game against Iceland with either goalie. No. And now here's what I'll give you. They probably don't fall down like four to one or like four nothing and five to two in the next matchup with Iceland. What? If Julie what? the cat, if Julie the cat's in that game, they probably just win easier in the championship, right? Here's what here's what I don't get though. <laughs> in the laziness that is this film, and and their hope to sway kids word. to buy the merch and to create hockey fans. Like I mean, this is a Disney. Disney just came down with their spaceship and said, "Okay, we're going to create." Why wouldn't you have? Julie the cat replaced Goldberg early on because yes. that's going to draw more girls in at the time. They, they messed up now. Spoiler alert in MD three. She is the starter. She is. She's the starting goaltender in the third one. And, and he's in Goldberg's there too, but as a backup, right? As the backup, the okay. decisions finally been made correctly, but she should have been the starting goal. Yeah, I would have had her in start this. just to draw more girls in. Yeah. Okay. There's a girl, there's a girl on the team who's a forward, right? Yeah, and she scores she, a crucial goal in the yeah, championship. So, yeah, so because Connie, she was in the first. Connie, 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 come on, Connie. Connie. Okay, yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. Okay, I agree. Okay, I. There's so many. God, there's so many statements here. I question the scouting approach for Team USA. <laughs> I got this doubt. Yeah. Okay, so first Amen. of all, half the now I get that like there's you're going to over-index Minnesota. Obviously, has a lot of hockey players. So you're probably going to over-index like pulling hockey players from Minnesota. More than half of this team is pulled from one district in Minneapolis. That sucked. Like, like that was terrible and, and yes. kind of ragtagged together in the first movie. Yes. And all of a sudden, that team, you're, you're not pulling players from International Falls. You're not pulling players from, you know, from other cities around the Twin Cities. Like, there's not a, I don't know, like, there's not a player from Minnetonka or Eden Prairie or something in the mix. No, they're all from, like, the one... Well, there is Adam Banks from Edina. Adam Banks is back because of the way the district lines but are drawn. Yeah, up you're there. right. I agree. With you. And then, and then among the other players, so again, this is Team USA. Like you're putting, this is like the best young hockey players in the country, right? And you have a player on your team who can't stop before hitting the boards. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And then you're also pulling a random dude from a skate park in the middle of the tournament to be like one of your top forwards. So right. I just feel like, listen, the scouting approach for Team USA here, something's got to change from the top. Well, how about how Bombay just like goes and, hey, let's just get the, let's get the, you know, the Ducks back together. Because it's like, no, you're coaching a U.S. team now. I agree completely. It was an affront to scouting. Like, it would be (laughs) like if Herb Brooks took his golfer team that, that he coached here and made that the Olympic team. Or would it be like if Herb Brooks coached up like, uh, Augsburg to have a hockey team and they somehow like went to the you know frozen four and then brought that team to yeah well it just made no sense it made no sense and and this is not a statement but here's here's my question they had an easy in for like some tough cuts right like just as a storyline 
Like, like Averman. He's getting decisions. blown off the line yes. on every, every face-off. The guy's and, getting blown off the line. And that would have been a good little, you know, life lesson. Things well, change. we actually had one of those. So Charlie Conway was, this is the other thing. Well, Charlie Conway, he, but he was the best player on the ragtag team next to Adam Banks, right? And then all of a sudden, he's like, I'll, I will play. He, I he's know. he's so like disposable that you can just be like, all right, he's it's the best it's the best thing for the team that Charlie Conway, one of the best players, is going to coach in the championship yeah. game, right? No, you're right. I, I think maybe maybe you could take the kid from the skate park and say, hey, it was fun that knuckle puck thing, but like you're not going to dress because Adam Banks is healthy this morning. But then he can't dress as the goaltender and have the surprise knuckle, which also okay again, why right. you had you had to disguise Goldberg as someone else. It, it, the, the, the goaltending plan here is my biggest flaw. <laughs> no, you're right. Oh, that's amazing. Okay. Uh, I think we're back to Judd here. Okay, here's my next statement. A lot of statements from this one, too. Gordon Bombay is not fit to coach kids. Okay? <laughs> yeah, okay. We all have Need I remind you, in the yeah. first one, he is this former washed-up player, lawyer, who goes out and gets sloshed. Gets pulled over, gets a Dewey, and then is forced to coach kids. Okay, that's questionable. Like if my son, daughter came home and said, my coach had you know gotten some trouble. I'd be like, okay, that's that's questionable. But you know, he turns it around, right? And then he becomes a raging a hole as a coach. And then you know that's the first one. The team walks out, and then he realizes the error of his Gordon Bombay ways. Okay, that's the first one. The second one, Gordon Bombay. Again, now he's gone back to playing, suffers a career-ending injury that's not that bad, by the way, because he can skate just fine like two weeks after. But then more importantly, does all the same things again. And then when he finally finds God again as far as coaching, he shows up late to an international competition game. In which, in which, an elimination, an elimination yes. game. It's an but elimination game. He's but just like gone. when he comes in blowing the quack thing, he's late to the game, and they had to get that tutor um, to coach them. He is not fit to coach. Yeah, Jordan Bombay. The note I had in in this same vein was he needs therapy. Like he's yeah. he's yes. all over the place, man. Like relationships, personal. He's flying off the handle. He's He's just he's he has like a split personality. He either needs yes. like medication or he therapy yeah. or something. Yeah. You know, and by the way, he didn't start scouting Iceland until like the game before uh, the day before their last game, right? Yeah. yeah. I love how they do like the all right the classic. Now we're gonna do like a training montage. Like how yeah, many days are between montage. games? It's probably like a day off, right? A day off, and now we're gonna hit the treadmill and scout. And and <laughs> like he's everything. out. He's so out of touch that the tutor actually gives the team a day off, and he's not aware of it till he shows up for practice. Yeah, and then he's trying to hit on the Iceland assistant coach, and it, he needs help. Get Gordon Bombay help, dude. He needs some therapy. Absolutely needs some therapy for sure. Let's continue going down this well because uh, I wrote down only in the hockey community, the small world of hockey community, could a pee wee hockey coach become Team USA's captain or coach. You know, he goes from peewee hockey coach to coaching Team USA in, in this, you know, makeshift world games. Only in hockey can this happen. Because everyone always talks about the small world of hockey and, oh, such a tight-knit community, and this is a real thing that's not just in the movie but in the hockey landscape. And only in the hockey community could a guy who won a peewee championship in Minnesota 
and then a burnout AHL player, minor or minor league hockey player, come back and say, yeah, this is the guy to coach Team USA. It makes no sense. Well, it's uh, and I guess I'll I'll piggyback off that by saying, so not only like Team USA, but this whole the whole it's Hendrix, right? Was the yeah. the company the sponsor? So my next statement, kind of off what Declan's saying, is more of a question. Why is Hendricks Hockey backing up the Brinks truck for a washed-up minor league hockey player who coaches youth hockey? Yep. And how, like, he's literally sitting there at the these celebrity parties, like, pitching loafer ideas to Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Dressed as Pat Riley. What is the, yes. <laughs> right. Yes. What is the value and he's doing these photo shoots and stuff, and the guy he gets in the limo, and the guy's like, "I want to make both of us rich." It's like, how much, how much of a market is there out there for? And we don't know what the contract was for, but it was like probably for millions of dollars, right? Is a is a Goodwill Games U.S. hockey coach with no prior like NHL track record worth millions in endorsements? And then a few days after he signs the contract, they like lose one game, and the guy's like. Oh, we're both going to be in trouble now. Like, oh, they, they don't want, they don't want, they don't want Hendricks doesn't want a loser. Yeah. Oh my God. It's like, what? This all seems very rash. Like we're going to sign you to a life-changing multi-million dollar Brinks truck contract and then like loses one game and they're like, oh my God. Oh, this is terrible. What have we done? So yeah, I don't know. Okay. There is no direct route or way that yes. you could as you recruit your team yes. rollerblade yes. from the Mall <laughs> yes. of America to this. Minneapolis. Yes. yes. Let's do this. Okay. All right. So he, he, I have a list of the landmarks. Me too. The endurance needed by the way to pull this route yeah. off would be incredible. Well, jumping things too. Like you're going right. I fire old places. So you you're in the first of all, like just rollerblading all the way around the Mall of America would be tiring in itself, right? Because it's a oh, huge yeah. place. And so now you're gonna like rollerblade up 35W, up to the Stone Arch Bridge, to Kramarchuk's, to the Hennepin Avenue Bridge, Mickey's Diner. They're at Mickey's Diner at one point. That might have been before the rollerblading. Well, that the best part is when Bombay comes back on the bus, it says Minneapolis, and he has stopped in front of Mickey's Diner. Yeah, that is St. Paul, Paul, sir. Yeah, that is not well, Minneapolis. And wasn't in the first movie. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure Gordon Bombay and Charlie like had a meal at Mickey's Diner, but they continue to say that Charlie is from Minneapolis. That is correct. And, like his mom, and his mom works at the Mickey's Diner. So yeah, I don't know. So I'm sounds like Charlie's an Eastside um, guy. Yeah. So I had you had you had mentioned all those. So St. Anthony, Maine. He that's where he jumps over the construction guy and he falls in the cement. That bridge. I've walked across both those bridges hundreds of times. Yeah, me too. Uh, I was I was two days ago. I walked across the, all those bridges. It was great. Yeah. Uh, there's Lake Calhoun. They are they are rollerblading across Lake Calhoun at the time. Yep. And then they end. I don't know if you guys picked this up. They end in downtown Stillwater. That is downtown where they see Bombay wow. and they see Hendrix. I am pretty sure that is downtown Stillwater. And I think in D three there is a similar, absolutely What's... ridiculous montage of these Minnesota landscapes that would take people. Hours. It takes days, I feel like, to rollerblade. Interesting. From Edina to St. Paul to Minneapolis, all the way to you're going down 36. Like, how are you how are you even getting to downtown Stillwater? I think there was even, I didn't look this up. I remember I think during COVID, someone did like a blog post of how long this would take to do all of these loops. Yeah. People have done the same thing for the Rocky run too. In the the, the second, I think it's the second Rocky movie. 
yeah. where he's running and and if you're not from Philadelphia, you just think, oh yeah, he's just like running through Philadelphia and he gets to the steps and whatever. Just like if you're not from the Twin Cities, you're like, oh yeah, like like they're just like at the Mall of America and they just like went outside and now they're by a bridge or whatever. It's like no, those are definitely a 20 minute car drive. <laughs> if I'm I'm not mistaken too, this was in the heyday. Um, in fact, both of the Mighty Ducks films were. You guys probably don't recall. There was a time in the 90s where a bunch of films were shot here, and I think they were giving tax breaks back then, which they don't give now. Was and if I'm not mistaken, way, I think was here. Beautiful yeah. Girls, which is based out east, was actually filmed, to Declan's point, if I'm not mistaken, in Stillwater. Okay. Which is a great film. But, yeah, this was in, in the day of, and I don't know what the tax break were, but there, there was a Christian Slater film, was it called Baboon Heart, that was filmed here? Uh, there was a Matthew Modine film oh. that was filmed here across the street from the Star Tribune when I just started there. Like, there were a bunch of films. That Little Big League, that. Fargo. You know, like we were in that. We were right in this wheelhouse. Fargo, of, yeah, of of big ones that were definitely filmed here a but, lot. But it is grumpy funny old men, right? Grumpy old yep. men. Yep. But I think it was the tax break at, at the time. Yeah, it was. I it, that was a great run of Minnesota movies. Yeah. So yeah. what happened have to the now. tax break? We just got rid I of think it. We took it away. I'm not positive. Let's bring it back. But, but yeah, because now, now I think a lot of the films that were filmed here for a while are shot in Vancouver. Yeah. British Columbia more often. But yeah, we, we had a long line of like, not necessarily blockbusters, but solid films here. Yeah, I see. I Explore Minnesota literally has a list of movies filmed. Uh, so obviously Purple Rain, Grumpy Old Men, Mighty Ducks, The Good Son which was filmed up in Silver Bay. I have no idea what that is. No. Fargo, Beautiful Girls. Is that the one you were talking yeah, about? Yeah, Stillwater. Ah, uh, yeah, it, filming location. Jingle All the Way. Wait, Drop Dead Fred was for, was filmed in Minnesota? I, I, I didn't, did I I'm say on that? a different list. Oh. <laughs> you guys remember that movie? Drop, Drop Dead Fred. I, from I like remember the, early... the name. I don't, rec- no. I don't recall the film. It was a fee- so Phoebe Cates was the star of the movie. Okay. And uh, famously from Fast Times at Ridgemont High, Ridgemont right? High. Yeah. And Phoebe Cates had an imaginary friend named Fred, Drop Dead Fred. And yeah, uh, wow. Unassertive and repressed Minneapolis court reporter Elizabeth Cronin visits her husband Charles, whom she is separated from. So yeah, that was, wow, the 90s and just every All other movie was, was in here. Okay. Eden Prairie Center with uh, yeah. Sam Doherty. Yep. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Back when EP was empty, basically, mm. at the time. All right, back to Declan here. All right, yeah. I All their Minnesota landscapes, too, that are, I, I wrote these down, especially during the opening montage when Bombay is still playing minor league hockey. I don't know if you guys saw these, but I saw the following advertisements. I saw City Pages. Yep. I saw Mystic Lake Casino. Oh, wow. I don't know if Greyhound is based in Minnesota, but I always just assume it is. I, I, I'm not 100% sure on that, but I just like, I've seen obviously a lot in Minnesota. They could be based somewhere else. I pretty sure, Judd. I had to. I tried to pause it, but the Disney Plus app side rant is kind of terrible for in, intuity. But I think I saw Minnesota Hockey Magazine as a backboard drop behind the net at one point in that opening. Oh, really? Montage. That's I impossible. think that's, I did. That's uh, there was a there was a Pioneer Press newspaper stand early. Strip. There was the, yep. when they when well, Bombay in the clippings. Off. Yeah, the clippings. Yep. At one point, there, there's a feature. I paused it. There, there was a North Star feature on Pat Forcia. Mm-hmm. And then there was actually a clipping from North Star's move to Dallas becomes official or something yeah. from the Star yeah. Tribune. 
that was uplifting yeah. to see. It was. But yeah, there, there was a, and then I think the other clipping was the Star Tribune, but it had a story about the Ducks. Yeah. It kind of so. felt like we never really lost hockey with those, those three Mighty Ducks movies kind of filled that gap between the North Stars and the, and the Wild. Stop. Kind of filled that gap. And yeah. I guess a, a side statement Stop. in it, because Bombay says this uh, after he gets back and he's like sharpening the skates with Hans. He calls, he calls St. Paul a rink-a-dink town. You know, and as someone who was born and bred in St. Paul, I don't know if I can call St. Paul yeah. a rink-a-dink town. I think like yeah. greater Minnesota area for sure. And outside Maybe of like calling Duluth a rink-a-dink town. Definitely. Which Declan fully agrees with, no, by the way. Yeah, that, that's okay, true. another thing. So that uh, McKay, uh, Miss McKay or whatever her name was, the she said she's from Duluth. Herb. But yep. doesn't she teach in the Twin Cities? She teaches them like in the Twin Cities. So well, is she, she commuting from she Duluth born, every day? No, I, I think she was saying she's born in Duluth. And she had, I don't know if she's actually from Minnesota, that actress, but she had the Duluth accent nailed down. I'm from yeah. Duluth, Minnesota. Yeah. When they do the roll calls. Like, <laughs> Catherine oh, Herb, who, who was in in Criminal Intent for a long time um, as Vincent D'Onofrio's partner. Okay. She was a uh, character actor at the time but yeah she did have the she clearly had gone to the oh, same yeah. school that like Buscemi went to for the Fargo accent <laughs> you're right all right I have uh, at least one more here somebody may need to check the birth certificates for team Iceland why was team Iceland they look like college players compared to yeah. the Ducks team USA yeah right? you know why because they scouted for a team Phil <laughs> They actually did their due diligence. I think originally, too, I saw this in one of the footnotes, that it was maybe going to be Russia, USA versus Russia, like, you know, the 1980 miracle, but that Disney didn't want to get into, like, real-life sort of conflict area, so they chose Iceland instead to make Mm -hmm. it just a little bit less realistic. And those kids all look like they were 35 years old, (laughs) like facial hair and stuff. I found something about it that also said because in at that time period the Cold War was basically done. Yeah, it was done, right? They, they didn't think it, it would like like kids wouldn't be like we hate the Russians. So yeah, because, but now we hate Iceland. There's a whole generation. Well, now we of, hate like, the Russians again. Kids right? my age, so, I mean, just like we hate yeah, Iceland. Iceland, yes. Let's go shake their hands. Yes, yes. Uh, and then just one more here on I my end, kind of combined. Okay, was this movie may have over-exaggerated the popularity of the Junior Goodwill games? A Wheaties box? Well, and the Goodwill games. No one gave a crap about those. those. Like, that was like Ted Turner's invention, yes. right? Yes. The Goodwill <laughs> games is where, in, in Seattle, where Fedorov, who went on to a great career with Detroit, defected. No mm-hmm. one gave a crap about those games. So, yes, yeah. the Junior Goodwill games? Give me a break. Yeah, it's amazing. All right. You guys, final I got I got one more here. Um, every kid who was born in the 90s, and obviously Phil's age too here, so late 80s, every kid attempted a knuckle puck, mm-hmm. and this movie made street hockey explode. I'm yep. going to make it. I don't know. If, and Judd, I'm sure you played street hockey when you were a kid. I'm not oh, yeah. sure if you did. I did. But, yeah. but this movie alone, I think, probably did so much uh, awareness for how awesome street hockey was with those Franklin hockey balls. Uh, the street hockey nets, the gear. I had so much of that stuff. I never played real hockey, but uh, I played a ton of street hockey in the neighborhood. It's one of like, my fondest memories as a kid, and this movie definitely laid the foundation for that. You're 100% right, and I'm the same way. Like I never really played ice hockey, organized as a kid, but played a ton of street hockey with cousins and friends. And, oh, yeah. And then like floor hockey in, in oh, Fayette, yeah. too, I think was a big thing. And 
everyone tried the knuckle puck. Everyone. Everyone. It was like, oh, yeah. And it was impossible, right? But you don't have well, you don't have time if you're playing <laughs> you against people to set yeah. the knuckle puck up. It's tough, yeah. Unless you unless you pretend like you're the goalie. And, but then, and then you, you got take the goalie your equipment out. on and it still makes no sense. This is Tom Bernard. Can't get enough of sports talk with Phil Mackey and Judd Zolgad? Tune in to the new Tom Bernard Show podcast Monday through Friday as Phil and Judd join me to discuss the latest sports headlines and whatever else comes to mind. Just download the Tom Bernard Show app wherever you get your podcasts or visit TomBernardShow.com. It's another way to get more from me and Judd talking sports and having fun with Tom, and it's all at your fingertips. Download the Tom Bernard Show app now and join the conversation. All right. I got about three things left. Oh, oh, dude. Oh, yeah. Dude, I got three pages of notes. Let's keep going. This is great. First of all, I think, and I'm going to go out on a limb here, too. I think we might have some slight plagiarism at work here. Okay. I'd never seen this film before. Okay. So the first Mighty Ducks win locally was referred to as the Minnesota Miracle. Yes. You're the Minnesota Miracle coach, Gordon Bombay. And That's the newspaper why... headline, too, was Minnesota Miracle. Yep. So all, all I'm saying is I thought until I saw this, Minneapolis Miracle was just a spontaneous utterance after Diggs scores the touchdown. I don't think so. No. Minnesota Miracle is far too close. Now, and I'm not even, that's fine. But what I'm what I'm telling you is makes a lot more sense now that this would be in the back of my, of your mind if you'd seen this film when Diggs scores that touchdown. Maybe you, you watched that film the, the night before the game just to kind of chill out and calm down. I'm and, just throwing it out there. I'm throwing <laughs> it out there that I had, because you're right, and, and that – that statement is uttered several times. It's not just like a one-off. To your point, it's in the newspaper. It is talked about. Hey, you know, Gordon Bombay, you're the coach of the, Min- the Minnesota Miracle team. All right. I had it. forgotten about that until I rewatched this. That yes, that was uh, that was definitely a thing. So you know, ev- everything is borrowed or or yeah. riffed off of. There's nothing really original anymore. Yeah. Okay. Um, Gordon Bombay, and this this goes to Declan's point about the goaltending as well. But Gordon Bombay is just also a terrible coach. Adam Banks is one of your best players. He go. Why does he go so late in the shootout? Ooh, good question. Like he is, he would be one of my first guys to shoot because I I want goals early, right? Yeah. Adam Banks, who never complains and miraculously is healed from his <laughs> his broken wrist or I don't know whatever it is, but he just is like the sixth guy to go in the shootout. It makes no sense. Yeah, Gordon, what are you doing? You're a bad He's also coach. like drying up. He's having Charlie Conway. He's having like a 12-year-old, whatever. What are they, like 14, 13? Yeah. I don't yeah. even know. Drop plays for you. If you Okay, uh, if you're in a moment of desperation and a 13-year-old kid on your bench says, hey, what if the rodeo guy flips a puck up in the air and then uh, some other guy like slides in and... You know, swings his stick at it. I think you'd have to like draw the line and take the clipboard away from old uh, old Chuckster in that situation. All right, here's another one. I don't think, and yes, this film pushed the the boundaries of what you could expect, but I don't think that allowing a kid to lasso a player on the ice against Iceland during the actual game is even something that like. I can comprehend, you know, like now you've gone too far. Okay. This is, this is a Disney movie. This is a Disney movie now. Okay. He sends him out there to lasso the guy who's who, but by the way, if you think that the Duluth accent was bad decks, 
this oh, yeah. kid gives the South, hey, partner, I'm going to get you. I mean, come on. This kid put about two minutes of work into but, that accent. But you know what? That whole scene where, like, they're, you know, the, the Bash brothers are getting everyone fired up and they're they're clowning on Team Iceland. And they're hitting the Iceland guys on the bench. Yep. And they're and all they don't getting get tossed. Yeah. They're, and they're getting, they're getting uh, you know, put in the penalty box and stuff. For any hardcore hockey fans out there that say, yeah, like, if you're losing in a hockey game, go muck it up so you can regain the momentum. And guys like me are like, well, that's stupid. Just, you know, Go score goals or whatever. This movie proved guys like me wrong because the mucking it up and getting the crowd into it and showing that you're not going to get intimidated, I think, really carried over into the third period. Did they even did did the lasso kid? Did did they even get a too many men penalty for that? Because he he goes out there like as as the sixth man. Like he he gets a lassoing penalty, dude. He gets a lassoing penalty. There's no repercussion. The other thing I don't get is at the start of (laughs) of the games there are some. There are some exchanges that lead to ejections quickly. Okay. So like the precedent is set, you're going to get kicked out if you do this yeah. or that. By the last, by the Iceland championship game, anything goes. Those two goons are out there. They're literally going onto the Iceland bench and hitting guys. And <laughs> yeah. they get like two they're, minutes of They're sucker punching Iceland players. And they're just yes. like, oh, just go hang on the box. for a Yes, minutes, but the other guy got kicked out for much less early in the tournament. And then the last thing is, and this carries over from the first one, from the first Mighty Ducks film. The flying V remains a way to show kids how to come into his own offside. No, it's not offsides. The guy in the front gets the puck as they're crossing the blue line. Yeah, I stopped it at one point. It was too late. Okay. City review. <laughs> I went and watched it because I thought the same thing. I thought, does he get the puck as he's crossing the blue line, but, but his skates are offsides because you're too far back. Yeah, but there's or no, re- there's no review. It's 1994. There's no review process. No, I so. know. But, like, if I am the linesman and I'm looking to, at the blue line, it's an offsides play. But you know what? If you're running a flying V and you get that far to the opposing team's blue line, I think you have to give a little leeway for, like, just a, there's a little gray <laughs> anyway. area for offsides. Jordan pretty Bombay pretty is... impressive to keep the V intact. Yeah. Why don't more uh, NHL teams try the flying V? Just because it's tough to because get back on gonna... defense if you turn the puck over? Because <laughs> it's going to come in offside. They they ask doesn't have to if you do it right. If right. you see, um, and this is probably within the last ten years or so, the one play that is that we see now run in the pros that is reminiscent to a certain degree is that drop pass, that yeah. big drop pass, especially on a power play. Guy gets ahead of steam, right? He's coming over center ice, and as he goes into neutral, he drops the puck back, and then the other guy's got a hit. Uh, so, like, that's as close as you're possibly going to get. But the flying V is still a recipe for kids to be outside. And there's another one of Gordon Bombay's stupid inventions. He's a terrible coach, and he's not a good mentor. All right, what uh, if you had to pick an offensive weapon from these movies to implement in a real NHL game? Would you pick Triple Deke, Knuckle Puck, Flying V? Triple Deke. It's, it's the most realistic. Like, okay. I don't, the Knuckle it's, Puck it's... you... Now, if you could get the puck to knuckle without turning it on its side, which it sort of does at times, that's a good shot because it does dive and it goes like, but uh, the fact that Keenan Thompson literally had to get, I think I counted eight seconds of time. Because <laughs> yeah, then how, he how would, would you say, create, how would you create that? I guess then he would say, come get, here's the knuckle puck. Like he's announcing the game. It's like, Keenan, <laughs> get the shot off, dude. Yeah. Where are these Iceland defenders, man? Like, where are these, why well, are they one not guy finally sliding out? The guy finally took, but before he dressed up as the goaltender, 
he takes a shot and the guy finally like comes in and takes him out. Yeah, as he should. As he should. Also, this movie coincides with one of the great NHL video games too. So this came out in like ninety four. NHL ninety four came out. So this was God for kids our age, kind of between Declan and me. If you grew up in like the mid eighties to early nineties, and you're getting hit with these Mighty Ducks movies and and NHL ninety four, and then the mid nineties like Red Wings teams and rivalries. It was a really fun time to be to be a hockey fan, even if there wasn't a local team for those for those five or six years. If I recall correctly, too, NHL 94 was featured pretty prominently in a scene or two in Swingers. Yep. They were playing in Super They're Nintendo. Playing it. Yep. Yep. Amazing. Jeremy Roenick, Paul Correa, Timu Solani. Oh, and we had uh, Chris Chelios. Oh, yeah. Was in the Gret- movie. Well, the very uncomfortable Gretzky thing where he comes in, you can call me Wayne. That yeah. was really uncomfortable. Uh, yeah, it was Cam Neely, Chris Chelios. Who else was at that party? Abdul Jabbar was at the party. Mm-hmm. Uh, Greg Luganis. Yeah. Christy yeah. Yamaguchi. Christy Yamaguchi. And I think they're all just one... hanging out at the Goodwill games and some the junior Goodwill games. <laughs> the junior and I Goodwill think there was games. one the more. Goodwill games. There, there was one more former player at the party, right? It was Cam Neely, Chris Chelios. I want to say there was, there was a third hockey player. Yeah. I can't remember who it was. I'm sure somebody will tell us in the comment section. Hey, before we get to the, uh, the two ranking categories here, why don't you tell the audience? how they can get into Goodwill Games' tip-top level shape this summer, Judd. I can exactly do that because that's thanks to our friends at Livia Weight Control Centers who are help you, going to help you drop the weight like they helped me do a couple of years ago now, 40 pounds down. Now, here's the most important thing. They're going to help you not only drop that weight, but their dietitians and nutritionists are going to help you keep that weight off, and that is the most important thing. I can't stress enough, too. This program is as simple as it gets. This is not a high maintenance. You've got to buy a ton of food. This is a program that, one, it works, it's effective, and it is, is as simple and easy as it possibly gets in town or out. So if you're not in town here, guess what? Everything can be done virtually and by mail. So if you are, I don't know, in California, if you are at the Junior Goodwill Games right now and you're stuck there, it is something that you can participate in. Drop the weight, feel good, and right now get eight weeks for free. 855-GO-LIVIA, 855-GO-L-I-V-E-A, livia, livea com. And again, first eight weeks for free. Imagine being 20 pounds down or so for free. What a deal, livia.com. Awesome. All right, guys. So for sports movies, we have two different categories on a one to 10 scale. Category number one is the believability of the sports action on a one to ten scale, so like Tin Cup is the is the most believable in terms of the actual sports action. It's a it's a nine because they had like PGA players and stuff. Little Big League, which may sound ridiculous because it's a twelve year old manager, but in terms of like the actual play on the field and the they believability of the game, yep, yeah, eight point seven. Jerry Maguire and Mr. Baseball were a seven point seven. The least believable is Draft Day, a two point seven, with just all the more based on his and picks. Shaking. And his picks. Yep. And that's tied with the original Mighty Ducks at 2.7 on a 1 to 10 scale. So we'll start with Judd. 1 to 10, the believability of sports action in this Mighty Ducks 2. This one is a (laughs) 1. This one is a 100% 1. I mean, the first one pushed the envelope of my imagination. This one, though, this they don't. This is damn near a cartoon. Like, this could have been a cartoon. Like as far as, and at least then the unbelievability becomes 
probably more amusing, but I'm giving it a one. I'll give it a three. And that's probably being very, very generous here. Uh, I would say it's a three. The thing that uh, also was hilarious. I was laughing out loud and I went back and rewatched it to confirm the stunt double for Gordon Bombay during the little one-on-one with the Iceland coach is historically bad. Like it is not (laughs) close. What What do you mean? It is a clearly oh, like, like a it different doesn't look guy. like him at all. It's not <laughs> his hair has more of like the 80s perm, like it's much more fluffed out and, and yeah. just, it's not even close. Beautiful. I was laughing my bleep off just watching miss, that unfold. But you know, that. some of the people are still skating and whatnot, but the actual like hockey plays like we talked about are so unbelievable. So I'm giving it a little bit, but it's a three. It is a three out of ten. <sighs> I'm with Judd, man. It's a it's a one. It's a one. It's a one for me, dog. For all the reasons Judd said, and for all the reasons Declan said too, which hey, means partner. it's a one point seven. That's Howdy, the least partner. believable. <laughs> you you have to treat a woman right. I'm a hockey player. Uh, so not exactly the most believable uh, stuff. Even just like the roster building and stuff, it's kind of weird. He so, just right. got his whole team back together, yes. So now we're just looking for entertainment value here. On a 1 to 10 scale, how entertaining was Mighty Ducks 2? The most entertaining sports movies in order here. Uh, Major League, so we've done, this is the ninth sports movie we've done. Major League is a 9, Jerry Maguire a 7.3, tied with Little Big League. Just ahead of any given Sunday, a 7.2. Mighty Ducks the original, a 7. Draft Day, a 6. Tin Cup, a 5.5. Mr. Baseball, a 1.5. Judd. Boy, this is terrible. Uh, I'm now keep in mind you guys saw this as kids, so that changes it at least perception wise, probably to this day for you. I'm going to give it a two. What? Whoa! It was awful. The first one was really cute. It wasn't and I entertaining it. at all for you. No, no, it was pain. It was painful. Like it was funny because it was so painful, but it was so painful. I really liked the first so one. I thought it was cute. I thought the first one was cute, and I really. It had huge flaws, but I went along with it. But this is literally a rinse and repeat film. Well, Gordon Bombay is going to make all the same mistakes. I didn't say too. No, nostalgia is kind of the worst drug, people say. Um, I love this movie. As I said, I probably rented this. Yeah. This was probably on my Mount Rushmore of most rented movies at yeah, Blockbuster dude. as a kid. It's probably in the top four or five. Uh, for me, it's a seven. And again, I know it's probably nostalgia playing a big factor. There's some huge flaws that make it hilarious. Uh, but for me, it is an entertaining movie. I would stop and watch this through commercial breaks in the hotel room. It is a 7 out of 10. This is a must-stop-and-watch movie for me. I am absolutely drunk on nostalgia. As unbelievable as this movie is and as many plot holes as there are, as it is. <laughs> I love this movie. It's a 9 in terms of entertainment nine. value. It's a wow. 9. It's even the wow. bad stuff. The bad stuff that you poke holes in, it's all entertaining. All of it. So it's a nine for me. That makes it a six, which puts it just behind the original Mighty Ducks, which we had as a seven. It's tied with draft day in terms of entertainment value. Mighty Ducks, too. Let's go. That's an affront to the first one. (laughs) I actually sort of like the first one. Uh, Well, I like both. I like both. We should, at some point, we should do the third one just to see how low we can. Is the third one as bad as the second one? I think it's the worst of the three. It's bad. It's, yeah, it's not. It doesn't make sense. And Gordon Bombay is not back, right? He's oh, in it, he's, he's but he's, back. he's in it. There's a twist, though. Oh, yeah. I thought there was one he did. I thought I read that there was some project he didn't come back for finally. 
Uh, wasn't there like a TV show or something? He was back for the for the little reboot TV show they did on Disney Plus when it launched. Um, yeah. Okay. But yeah. By the way, what does he? What's what's his deal now, Emilio? You know, Estevez. Is he doing anything? He might be directing now or something. And he's sixty-one years old. Huh? I think he tried to distance himself from this project eventually because it was sort of becoming like his calling card, which as an actor he didn't want. Let's see, like what else? He, he probably made in? a ton off D two. I bet wow, he got you know a... he's only been in terms of movies. So outside of that, he was in that Game Changers Mighty Duck show that Declan said. He made a little cameo appearance on Two and a Half Men because his brother was on the yep. show back in 08. And then in movies, he's only been in two movies since 2006. Is he yeah. directing as now? A, as a director, writer. So wait, he, he hasn't, has he not acted? He My probably God. made so much so much coin off these films, he doesn't need he to act that much. He probably did, yeah. So, all right, well, there you have it, D2 Mighty Ducks. So we, all right, we have a, a decision to make here, boys, because there's two movies in the theaters right now that we have on our list. Uh, one of them is the new Indiana Jones movie. And then Declan brought to our attention there is a rom-com with Jennifer Lawrence, No Hard Feelings, that would be great for these purposes. So my question for you guys is, are we going to have time in our extremely busy schedules to go see one of these movies between now and next? Can we put like the new Indiana Jones movie on the list here? Before only, next Friday. The only issue is we've got quarterback starting on Wednesday, which That's a I'm good gonna, point. which I'm gonna binge. Yeah. So I'm gonna be putting in some long, hard hours. So I'm not sure that I want to also commit to going to see a film. No, that's fair. Okay, can we can we do okay, can we just go further down the list here and do a we'll do a movie rewind just not in the theaters? Yeah. Cause I think we just I'll try we'll, and watch something on Monday. Okay, we'll go back to the rom com well. For what women want, never seen it. Mel Gibson, Mel Gibson, and in the year Helen 2000. Hunt, right? Yep. What women it's, want? It's heavily. I believe it's it's. I've seen a bunch of clips on TikTok. Yeah. Hey. There's, yeah, so there's you, like you, it's it's you've a probably memeable, seen a bunch of clips. It's a memeable movie for sure. Oh. Okay. And then I, and then we'll we'll get to the new Indiana Jones movie at some point in July, and no hard feelings. And then we'll get to the, the rest of our list, too. All right. What women want from the year 2000. All right, boys. Good stuff. Movie reviews yeah. with Mackie and Judd. Please give us a five-star rating and a positive review on Apple Podcasts. And we'll make Judd watch the third Mighty Ducks at some point. Go Ducks. Much to his chagrin. Quack. Quack.